Yes, it will now be a genuine battle between the undefeated of the East and Domon Kashu. Let's get things started. Gun Damn. Fight final match all set. Ready? Go! Podcasting live from the Hotel Sunrise, you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the fourth episode, which we're, of course, on. And I'd like to introduce um, not only myself, Sobro Ryu, which is also, I'm all, also Adam, you can call me either. Also sitting here with us is... Neil Larnick. And we also like to introduce the new member of the show. Hey guys, uh, Chris Guanche. <laughs> some of you may know me, some may not. The bald wizard himself has joined us on the program. <laughs> 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 and we're glad to have him as the, uh, as the third part of the show. Yes. And, um, and um, getting on with it... Um, uh, Chris had uh, ex- uh, Chris had expressed to us that um he had, he's been wanting to have a podcast for quite some time, uh, well over um well over three years ever since he started up MHQ itself and um just uh, and we just happened to start to show up you know that we put, we put three episodes in the can and people were listening and digging the show, but it was really a shock to actually have him um give us some feedback on it and uh, you know actually express his opinion on you know wanted to do a podcast uh, also. And we thought it would be a great idea to just you know, combine our forces together and, and, and produce, which has now become the um, official podcast of MAHQ. We couldn't be any more honored to be a part of that site. We've, we've been going there for years, and we talked about it on every episode of Gundam. Um, That's where we ripped off all our information, too. Exactly. <laughs> of course, the website is mahq.net, and that, of course, stands for the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. And it is the de facto site for uh, all 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 shows that are, are mecha based uh, anime um of course but um if you want ever want to find out about a show chances are they have information up on it and and concurrent reviews going on and and Chris is the main reason why that is of course and uh, as well as the rest of the staff of the um of the website I'd like to give them all props and we're glad to have Chris with us yeah. thank you for for accepting us I'm um, personally I'm <laughs> I'm glad to be here glad to be here and um I've been wanting to do a podcast for for a long time, about uh, two years. There there were no podcasts wow. back when MHQ started back in 2000. Uh, but I really entered the the world of podcasting a few years ago with a great podcast mm-hmm. called uh, This Week in Tech at uh, twit.tv. Give them a little uh, plug. It's all these great be on um, tech TV. screensavers like Leo so. Laporte. Call for help. Leo Laporte. Leo Laporte, (laughs) Patrick Norton, call for help, Mm -hmm. uh, John Dvorak. All those great guys, you know, all came together and they did a podcast. Um, I've been listening to that podcast ever since the first episode. So I've been listening to 20-something episodes. So it's a fantastic show. And it really got me interested in the idea of podcasting. But it always came down to um, the technical know-how and also the time. Because there's just no way that MHQ, which is already a monster of a site exactly and on top of that you know edit and mix a podcast so that's why uh you know teaming up with you guys works great because you both are doing pretty much exactly what i want to do with a podcast anyway so works out for everybody we're glad to we're glad to be to help with um getting you getting your voice out there and also you know this is a great way to um advertise the site and get more people inter- interested in it. So um, I think I think it works. It it helps out on both levels. Yeah, it was um, actually very surprising that um, that you wanted to come on because uh, 
We didn't. We didn't know what to think when you when you first said that you wanted to speak with us. Oh, but uh, I, I thought we. I thought we were gonna get straight banned. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't know what. We didn't know what was going on. You suck. Yeah, right. This podcast is terrible. Yes. Worst podcast ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, we never thought that you know we didn't really get any much feedback for probably till the middle of next year. So it's actually yeah. it's actually kind of nice that you're giving your support to us, and you know we'll do everything we can, and we thank you and all the listeners too so and we appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting um on the mhq forums because we have our own our own forum well, yeah, uh, we, section there now yeah. too so yeah. uh, we definitely we made a few few changes um if you go to mhq.net and you click on features you'll find a home now for gundam where you can find um direct download links to the first three episodes and of course every uh, other week when we post a new episode you can find that that download link there right and uh like uh paul just mentioned uh there's a gundam at mhq subform now at uh, mechatalk.net that's our forums and you can uh read the show notes you can leave feedback on the episodes and of course suggest ideas we've gotten a lot of great idea suggestions so far so uh you know we make this podcast for the listeners and for the fans so we definitely want to hear what you all have to say and uh, that's the way to be heard and in the future uh, we definitely want to um, take recorded questions so we'll come up with some guidelines and if you want to record um, a question for us or a comment and uh, we'll play it and incorporate it into into the show we definitely want to have uh, more interactivity with uh, the listeners that's something that we're going to be doing in the near future stay tuned to the forums and uh, and look for information on that soon yeah because everything's going to be changing it seems like uh, every every day something's changing we got to check ourselves so (laughs) but um Real quick, since we that was our biggest news story for uh, Gundam, oh. but um, actually just got some quick little news things for everybody. We like doing this, and this is one of the parts of the show that's going to stay incorporated. Where show is going to stay the same, even though now now that we have Chris on board, it's just basically going to be using his knowledge and uh, expertise in some of these areas to uh, really make the show better. But quickly, um, got to hit up on a few things on Gundam Double Zero. Go for it. Um, I know that on one of our earlier shows, we were kind of wondering when the second season was going to start. Right. Um, Actually, it just got posted not too long ago on Moon Phase's miscellaneous notes site that the second season of Double Zero is going to be uh, starting in October 2008. So it seems like they're going to end... I guess what, like in January is how they normally do it? That's, mm-hmm. supposed to be. And, That's a little um, too early. I think more about March. Is it? Yeah, because it's... 20- is, it, is it that? Yeah, yeah, it's 25 episodes, so if you uh, do some quick math, let's see if we got... That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, but episode 7 aired this weekend, so... Yeah, yeah so about we maybe like about, uh, uh, March... 22 more. Yeah, so right around okay. the time in April when the spring anime season starts, that's when Double uh, O will end. So they're taking off uh, two cores, which is, you know two 13-episode divisions, and this hasn't been confirmed, so please treat this with uh, a whole bunch of grains of yeah, salt. just grains a speculation. <laughs> Not so much the, the start date of, of Gundam 00, but uh, what's going to be showing up after Gundam 00 leaves. There's a lot of speculation that that's going to be yeah. Season 2 of Code Geass, Lelouch of the Rebellion, which would kind of oh. fit because they're pretty similar shows in the row Sunrise, but uh, since we don't know that for now, please take that with a grain of salt until there's an official announcement on the on the uh, Code Geass website. But um, if that is indeed 
you know, what happens, it would be a great way to roll off of Double O and uh, get back into that hotly anticipated Season 2 of Code Geass, which I know I'm looking forward to and uh, we'll be discussing yeah. here on the podcast in, in the future. That's one of the uh, suggested topics from our fans. So Yeah, I definitely got to get on that one. That's all I've been hearing is good things on that show. It's a great show, and uh, it's been licensed by Bandai, and um, it is going to be coming out next year, I think there might be a TV deal as well, so I definitely see that show being Adult Swim material. Really? So definitely got to watch for that show, and um, in the meantime, I've already reviewed that that first half, so I can read some more about that and the uh, picture dramas, the little fill-ins with um, information about uh, the show, so that would be a great filler yeah. of that time, that half year in between Double O Season 1 and Season 2, but we'll just have to wait and see what the actual story is. Oh, that's good. Well, but I guess the subject to change. Yes, right. yes. But it's actually yeah, so actually good that they're going to take a break, so I think your fears of uh, recap episodes is going to be uh, as quieted, Soul Bro. So um, back back quickly on some other Gundam Double Zero news, as Episode 6 is still getting pretty good ratings. Uh, they got a 5% rating. Uh, the week that it was aired, uh, making it the most, the ninth most watched anime in Japan. So that's some good news. So um, and on that, just a quick segue on oh, some no. good news to some bad news. I know on one of our earlier pod sites we had talked, our podcast we had actually spoke about the Shark Custom cell phone and. Everybody got to hear Soul Bro's love and wanting desire oh, yes. for this phone. Oh, I still want it. <laughs> But um, uh, things are gonna—you're gonna have to save your uh, save your save your dollars here because uh, the price of this uh, cell phone just got released: a uh, hundred thousand yen for one, and uh, that's about a thousand dollars because it's about a hundred to one uh, conversion ratio on uh, U.S. Not dollars. Not quite so much right now. The the yen a little bit weaker, so it's probably more yeah. like the nine hundred something range. But it's still keeps still, dropping. Still pretty up there. Yeah, but, it's you know, it's. Uh, my comment on that phone is, you know, uh, Solbro, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a char red phone, so it has to cost three times more what other phones do. Exactly. Oh, yes. Those jerks. <laughs> and I I, I I think the other reason why it's so expensive is they're only going to make five thousand of them, so uh, oh, there's going to be five thousand lucky already, Japanese they, guys walking around. Bought. <laughs> with her badly with her badly bleached hair. Oh, they're already bought. They can <laughs> These cats have put their life savings away for that phone. But um, no chance. Another good another good little tidbit of news here is um, that Bandai Visual USA put up a trailer for MS Igloo. Uh, so it seems that we're going to be getting that over here. I'm it's sure. About time. I'm sure tr- Chris can uh, kind of expound on that. Um, I don't know if they're when they're going to bring it or how they're going to bring it, but it mm-hmm. seems like they're definitely going to be bringing those. Um, bringing those little short little OVAs, whatever they might be, anime shorts over. I got to see a lot of them online, and uh, they're actually pretty impressive. So that's kind of a good thing. Hopefully we'll be getting some other things over. I've so been, been wanting to watch them in full. So I'm glad they're coming over here. They'll definitely be bought and added to my UC collection. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, definitely, definitely worthwhile adding to the collection. Uh, it was licensed a few months ago, I think, way back at Anime Expo or... Uh, Otacon, but they are coming pretty soon. The first volume, I believe, comes out um, this month. Oh, well, really? Let me see. Let me see here uh, on the news. But uh, it's going to be two volumes for the uh, for both for our the entire six episode series. Right. And, um, what's very nice is you're going to have um, the show in uh, 16 by 9 widescreen. So nice. Yeah. Pop that on the HDTV, and that'll I think that'll look uh, pretty sweet. That's what I'm looking forward to. 
Um, I'm glad Japan's making that transition to that um, format now. Yes. Especially in Double Zero. It was refreshing to see. I, I was wondering if they were going to do that, and they did. So that was that was really cool. So some details on the series. Uh, as with almost every Bandai visual release, uh, no English dub included. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have to do. That's fine. Yeah. And since it is Bandai visual, uh, you know, they are priced quite a bit higher than the average DVD, so the MSRP is about 50 bucks for each volume. So oh, my goodness. Definitely, you're, yeah, you're going to want to look on the Internet yeah. and uh, buy that. Because fifty bucks is a lot for three episodes, and there's yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard to say that they're still do, still charging that much, especially since Bandai still selling Power Rangers so much. Well, on, on top they're of making the, all that money off well, Power on top Rangers, of that, Bandai owns Gundam, therefore, yeah. th- I mean, the acquisition cost can't be that much. Well, for here's it to cost that much. Sorry to interrupt, but here's no, the thing. No. Here's the thing. Uh, Bandai Visual is mm-hmm. run separately from. Bandai Entertainment, so it's pretty much run out of Japan, and all the work is done in Japan. Oh. So, you know, they've got their their own ideas about how the American market works, which, uh, you know, my personal opinion are completely yeah. mistaken because they're just trying to force the Japanese business model on America by yeah. having these these very highly priced releases. And uh, frankly, I just don't think people are going to be biting that stuff. You know, they've, they're releasing pretty soon uh, the Super Robot Wars TV show. And the first volume only has two episodes on it, and costs about the same. You know, what? nobody, yeah, nobody wants to pay forty bucks for for two episodes. So, oh my gosh, I, when you can buy regular TV shows in America that are produced like whole seasons for like forty, forty-five dollars. I mean, average MSRP. I mean, you can't explain to the average American that you're gonna have to spend this much for your television for, for, for two episodes of a TV show when I can get a whole season of a show from, you know, from far less. They're going to look at the, the breakdown of episodes compared to how much they're paying. I, I, yeah, I, I, and I, they really need to revamp that just like you were saying. I just it's suicide. Yeah, and you know, it's going to, that series is going to end up being nine discs for 26 episodes, which is just <laughs> disgusting. That, that, yeah, that's just, and it'll never get boxed up nope. either. So yeah, and but, uh, uh, let me let me see when the release date of that is and see see the price on that. Just gonna check out our friends at uh, riceup.com, give them some free advertising. Oh no too. problem. Yeah, that that is that is kind of a problem though with a lot. I think that's where I think that's what's killing anime. I think that's what mm-hmm. that, I think that's what um, messed things up for Genion. Or uh, I keep messing up that name, but um, okay. I always want to call him Gen. Go ahead. Uh, got some release dates here. Super Robot Wars, the aforementioned. That's the first volume of the Divine Wars TV show. Forty bucks, and uh, that comes out December 11th. And you get a whole two episodes and an eight-page color booklet. Oh, oh wow! Swag, but so, man, it's still twenty yeah, dollars an episode. Sure. Well, swag is supposed to come for you know free. Yeah, it's not really swag. Yeah, and. Uh, MS Igloo, the first volume, Hidden One Year War, part of the series, that comes out November 27th, so right after uh, Black Friday. Get that on those Christmas lists. <laughs> and that r- retail price, $49.99. Uh, obviously, you can get it cheaper on the internet. And yep. volume two, the Apocalypse 0079 section, that comes out January 8th, 2008. Retail price again forty nine ninety nine. Look for that uh, on the internet because average price on the internet is about thirty seven bucks, which to me is a lot more uh, yeah. you know palatable than fifty bucks. So if you want to oh, buy yeah. these Bandai Visual things, internet really is uh, the only way to go. Because yeah, also, uh, as a consequence uh, of uh, 
Genion's uh, disappearance, they were doing the yeah. distribution for Bandai Visual. So because Genion's out of the game now, you pretty much have to buy Bandai Visual stuff on the internet anyway, at least for now, until they find a new distribution partner. Wow. Goodness. So oh, wow. definitely check on the internet and uh, get those deals on Amazon, deep discount, right stuff, whatever. So, uh, But they're definitely worth uh, adding to the collection because I've just been wanting to add some new UC into the collection for God knows oh, how definitely. long. And I really want to see that uh, that series on my HDTV. I've been really waiting uh, for that. Same here. <laughs> I, n- I need to get an HDTV first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but, uh, same here. I believe the same. Yeah. yeah, true. But uh, lastly, just um, like I guess probably what they're going to be doing throughout as the show starts to progress with uh, Double Zero, I guess on the Japanese side they're just updating. They've updated a couple new mobile suits on there and a couple new pr- uh, character profiles. Um, nothing big, but um, you know. So I guess we'll just continue to get those little tidbits as as we go on as the show progresses. But um, other than that. All right. That's it for the news right and, now. Uh, so before we uh, wrap up, uh, oh. just one small programming mm-hmm. note. I will not be around for episode five. I'll be on vacation down in South America. So uh, your your stalwart hosts, uh, Nero and uh, Solbro, they'll bring you some Gundam loving for episode five. And then I'll be back in uh, episode six. Definitely. We'll be glad be, we'll be glad to have you back. But um, before we are, before we get in our first segment, which is about our um, top ten um, favorite Gundam women. Um, I would like you to check out our, our, our us at mahq.net. Also, please go to our um, our MySpace um, headquarters, which is um, www.myspace.com/gundam/the-show. You can reach us all by email by going to gundam mahq at gmail.com. And if you have any questions that you'd rather not put up on the um, on the on the forums, you can always go there and send us an email. Or if you want to send an audio submissions, you can send them there as well. But um, we'll be back in just a moment for the first segment. You're listening to Gun Dam. They got they got a gun. Damn, got a lot to buy. And boy, is this gun damn never different. Watch your in action. Huh, look at that. This is Sober Review. And when you have a free moment, check out these cool websites. M-A-H-Q dot net and that stands for the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. They have information and reviews on a variety of animes as well as specs on Mecha from your favorite series. Check out the forums and see what the regulars are saying about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero. A-E-U-G dot blogspot dot com and that website is Ganada and that's your number one news site for all things Gundam. But watch out for those spoilers on Gundam Double Zero, though. www.myspace.com slash FTS Shinjuku. And that's for the podcast that started it all. Flip the script. Anime, video games, movies, TV, and music are a few of the subjects that are tossed about in a roundtable discussion by six very different individuals. Boy Wonder, Dr. Encyclopedia Black, Lee Majors, and Shoji Ramuro as well as the host of Gundam, Neo Lorno, and Sobro Ryu. GundamOfficial.com That's Gundam, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L.com And that's for the official website of Gundam, of course. It's um, managed by the guru of Gundam himself, Mark Simmons. For those who had missed out on Simmons' mega fan site and extensive wiki of mobile suits in the late 90s, 
labeled the Gundam Project, now's your chance to see the second coming of it at GundamOfficial.com. www.myspace.com slash Gundam the show. That's G-U-N-D-A-M-N the show. And last but not least is the website for the unofficial podcast for all things Gundam and Mecha, Gundam. Check us out on MySpace, and if you're a member, add us as a friend and give us your opinions on the mecha series you enjoy. Peep these cool websites when you get a minute. Now, back to... Damn, damn, damn! And welcome back. Uh, This is our first topic tonight on Gundam. Uh, It's going to be something that all men like to talk about. And that is women. And what we're actually going to be talking about tonight is our top ten favorite women of Gundam. And we have uh, our new guest is going to be with us, our new host, and Chris from MHQ. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to start off first. I'm going to go with our number ten, my number ten. And I think that one would be uh, Karen Joshua from... Stardust Memories. All the fiery red. Uh, the reason being, uh, she was kind of a very strong-willed woman. Um, you know, she was really, she was actually a, a good pilot, and I, I think that that was one thing that we never really see in a lot of Gundam is a lot of the women just kind of are there to look cute in, inside the, the cockpit and everything. But um, she was strong-willed. She actually, you actually saw a development in her in her in her character. She went from like a really cold and icy woman to really kind of an, um, you know, caring, team-oriented person at the end. So that would be my number 10. Uh, we're going to kind of go through quickly on this because it's going to be the three of us. We'll move on to old soul, bro. Uh, well, um, my number 10, she's, um, most of you guys wouldn't consider her to be number 10, but I'm quite fond of Fa Yuri. And it's, it's not because of her performance in Zeta, but um, the turn she made in Double Zeta, where she went from useless to quite badass, and um, the things they had her do, and in, um, in, in order to protect Camille and help out the um, the uh, the leftover crew of the Argama, well, um, she 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 really showed her worth in those um, in those episodes of Double Zeta. Too bad you will never see him on this on this show over here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Fa Yuri, um, I have to say, is one of my fan favorites. Uh, after she stopped saying Camille's name twenty times in one episode, <laughs> Camille, Camille, Camille. Exactly. Oh boy. But but Chris, what's your number ten? Uh, my number ten comes with uh, a bit of an asterisk. That would Talia, <laughs> kind of like yeah, Barry Bonds. Talia Gladys from uh, Destiny <laughs> up to episode forty nine. Oh okay. yeah, she's she's my number ten. What's the reason? <laughs> the reason, uh, as far as a spaceship captain goes, you know she's she's intelligent. Uh, she is tough, but she's also compassionate to to her crew and even to you know, towards the enemy, the the archangel, and uh, she's a good tactician, and she knows how to put up a good fight. Yeah. And those are really exemplary qualities that get completely washed down the drain in episode fifty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when she uselessly dies with Durandal and abandons her young son. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get past that. Made no sense. That was that was Made that was no really sense bizarre. At all. <laughs> and she was she was a great character up to that point. She was sort of like she was the she, bright without the bright slap. Yes. Yeah, I mean, she, or she, eating the hamburgers. Or eating the hamburgers. Or eating the hamburgers and drinking the sodas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the robotic chair. We can't forget that. Yeah. So. Although she had the she had the robotic bridge though. She, she did. had uh, that 
That was a cool. That was a cool bridge, man. I like that. I like that. Um, on that ship, I forget what the ship's name is. The um, Minerva. 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 Thank yeah. you very much. Um, but yeah, she was really cool. I thought she was like the uh, the substitute for Badgerel in um in Destiny. Um, but I, I like Gladys. I, I I don't think Neo liked her too much. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But um, yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll hit number nine real quick. Uh, my number nine, and this will make all of the wing fans happy, because uh, I actually have a wing wing person up here. Would be uh, Lucrezia Noin. Uh, what was it, Colonel Noin? Lieutenant Noin. Lieutenant Noin. Yeah. Uh, ba- basically, you know, Zex's uh, wannabe girlfriend. And the thing that was great about her was that she was actually a pretty good pilot. She was a trainer, so she trained all like the aces and all that. Right. Um, and she kind of got it. She was the only one that seemed like they. she kind of got it in Wing. seemed like most of the pilots there, most of the people really didn't realize what they were fighting for. And uh, she actually kind of figured out what she was fighting for. She was just fighting for, you know, the the promotion of peace, the promotion of trying to get, you know, past everything. And, you know, she had dying, undying devotion to Zex, as crazy as he was, <laughs> and as stupid as some of the stupid things he did. Um, you know, oh, she oh. she supported them to the end, and I gotta admire that. Zex, who we like to call Low Rent Char. Yeah, <laughs> Low Rent Char. <laughs> but uh, that, very, that that that's basically that. I mean, she she was a great pilot. She's a great character. I don't think they used her as much as they should have in that show. I think um, you saw glimpses of of a pretty strong character, but unfortunately, they re- they focused on another female character that was just a. But um, yeah. What, what what would you have to say your number nine would be, well, Solbro? I'll, I'll hit the audience with this fast. My number nine <laughs> is um, Katagina Luce from um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. She Ooh. she was so diabolical, but you almost you it, it, she went from she went from uppity to being uh, I don't know being being kind of caught up in the torrent of war to um finding her place in it, even though she became just just this monster and at the end you actually almost pity her fate at the end of the show and yeah. she goes from like all these different levels and it was just it was very um entertaining to watch her operate and see what happened to her what her ultimate fate was <laughs> and um that's my number nine but but chris go ahead what's your number nine and i think uh, katagina gets a bonus for being one of the few literal backstabbers out there yeah. Oh, quite honestly. Yeah, and, and she made no bones about it either. Like that was the nice thing about it. She, she was pride in that mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, not just not just the way she betrayed Uso, but the way she literally did stab him in the back right at the end of the show with that. Pretty knife. much. Yeah. I oh. <laughs> put the punctuation like, wow, on that's, everything. That's hardcore. Uh, my number nine is uh, Matilda Ajan from the original series. Of course. And okay. You know, because she's Matilda. I mean, she was just that babe that all the guys on the white base had the hots for. You know, she was nice to everybody. She put her life on the line to, uh, you know, make sure the the white base got its supplies. And you know, unfortunately, at the end, she paid for it uh, with that that dome punch. Those <laughs> moments that you know, her Medea just jumps out there, and one of the the black trinaries just just he just pounds down on that cockpit and smashes. It's like, oh wow. Hits it with a double axe handle. Yeah, exactly. Close casket. Yeah, definitely close casket <laughs> funeral there. Oh man, I'd have to agree on that. Especially, yeah, I mean, even I, I'd agree with that selection, especially that and the way she is in the novel too. Um, you know, they actually play up her her sexiness. I think a lot more. 
Yeah. And that, so, but, um, I'd have to agree. All right. Going to number eight. I'm sure I'll get a little, little, little thing on this is, uh, I actually, one of my, my, my number eight favorite chick for Gundam Go ahead. is Lockus Klein. Oh my God. And <laughs> oh I know man. I'm going to crap for this, oh, but, um, oh man. But the thing is, is I, what I, I liked about her was it actually made sense that people would follow her, i.e. she was a celebrity. It wasn't one of these things like in Gundam Wing where you had a certain girl that would, went from high school student to uh, queen of the world. But, but, and but she was in high school, man. That's all you need. Yeah, but this, at, least this, at least it made a little bit more sense. She, she didn't seem too... She didn't never really seem too needy when it came to things. Yeah. And she was actually... Pretty self-reliant. Well, yeah, she was pretty self-reliant. I mean... And, and, of course, what you like to call her, a Gundam valet. Yeah, she was the Gundam valet. When Whenever Kira needed something, uh, needed a new mobile suit, she was there to deliver it for him. So any woman that could bring you a mobile suit to go kill the baddies, I'm for. So... That. I have no comment on Lacus Klein. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I knew it was going to be crap. <laughs> But uh, oh, what would you be in your number eight, uh, Silver? Oh, man. And I know we all have something to say about her, but my number eight is Eno L from X Gundam. Uh, After War Gundam X. Ooh. If you guys don't know who Eno is, she's another character that was on a yo yo throughout um, her series. Where, you know, the role she played, she went from antagonist to kind of. Um, yeah, you know, the anti anti hero to be to, to finally be fully on board with the with the cause that they were um with the what the main characters were running with in the show. She's yeah. kind of the opposite of uh uh the opposite of Katagina where she went from, you know, actually um participating in, you know, Uso's uh adventure to being, you know, one of his uh his last adversaries that he faced. You know, in end up being part of the game and on, on the same team as the baddest, one of the baddest captains ever, Jamil Neat. Yeah, she was actually. It actually seemed like she was introduced as kind of like a baddie. Yeah, to an extent. I, I love the scene in X. This, I'll just touch upon this right now. When um she confronts uh, Garud, 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 Garud. Oh, see, we all <laughs> Garud. When she comes to Garud in the hotel room, and the way the scene is drawn, where they show it kind of at a tilted angle, and it's sunset, and just the it looked very cinematic, and I love that. The way they drew her in that scene yeah. and how she came off, where they were cool at the bar, but then when they met up in that room, she was all business. And um, I, I love that scene in that show, amongst other ones. But um, that's my number eight. <laughs> and um, I don't have anything to add because, coincidentally, my number eight is also <laughs> NOL. I just oh. will add that uh, you know she's she's just got it all going on. She's hot. She's a skilled pilot, and she's got yep. that sort of like leathery bondage clothes thing going so you know, yes those, those are all pluses in my book so that's my number eight <laughs> and actually like that that's a good segue to my number seven because my number seven was Ina l and pretty much wow yeah pretty <laughs> much not going to uh you know expand on any any much what Solbro chris said but um yeah, I mean, I, I can understand. So what would be your number seven? Wow, man, Sobra. bounce back to me, man. I'm yes. make this fast. Very quickly. I know you disagreed with this, but Soshi Haim. <sighs> I'm all about some Soshi, man. She was the girl Friday to Laurent, man. She got left waiting in the wings, but, I mean, for the most part, he wasn't um, – he really wasn't into her that way, as I've come to realize. <laughs> but so is life, and I can relate to being in a situation where it's unrequited love, at least, you know, <laughs> back in the day. So I feel for her, and I like the fact that she, I believe, is the last one of the last characters you see in the show. 
Uh, outside of that, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I liked her role in it. I thought that um, she was a very cool character. Yeah. But um, anyway, your number eight, Chris. What was it? Number seven. Number seven. Number seven. What, what am I talking about? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a little <laughs> too early for my number seven, but hey, it's my list, so what the hell? And that's uh, <laughs> Sumeragi Re Noriega from Double O, or as I like to call her, um, New Masato. <laughs> yes, that's that's New Masato. <laughs> Masato two. <laughs> Misato two. <laughs> you know, uh, sort of, sort of along the same same lines as. Uh, you know, Enel and, and Talia, she combines, you know, hot, attractive chick with, you know, skilled captain. You know, she's got the looks. She's a tactician. She's kind of mysterious. Right. And uh, she doesn't mind drinking on the job. So what's not to like about her? Right on. <laughs> <laughs> we respect a woman like that. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my number seven. My, uh, my number six, really quick, is uh, going to be Salem Mass from the original Mobile Suit Gundam. You had to go there. And uh, I, I base that not only on Mobile Suit Gundam, but I also base it on the Mobile Suit Gundam novel. Um, I think that I probably do a lot more from the novel and from the movie. Uh, Sayla, she seemed a little bit more stronger-willed in the movies and the novel yeah. than she did in the series. Uh, plus, you know, she's Char's sister, so right there she gets a extra bonus points. Oh, genetics. And genetics. And she won the genetic lottery on that one. <laughs> but, um, it, no, sh- I mean, I think especially in the novel, you know, the way she develops a relationship with Armuro and how they kind of go about things and some of the things that she does. And, you know, she doesn't seem as much of as a, you know, just kind of just. You know, eye candy as she was, I think, in the series. That's true. So that's true. And she she kind of set the pace for a lot of female characters later on. Yeah, in and different shows, not yeah, just Gundam. To be honest, I think most of the the Gundam females from that point are yeah. based on a little bit. She of, was she, uh, she was blonde, Mass. but she wasn't a bimbo. And no, that, and that's real. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, what, what would be your number six, sir, Silver? My number six, really fast, is Natara Badgerul. I love I love Badgerul. Her whole from character Gundam was, Seed. from Gundam Seed. She um her whole character was an antithesis to normal characters that you see in um in mech shows. She was like the she was kinda like her and um Captain Ramius. Captain Ramius combined were like Bright Noah to me. But they were the two different sides of him. And she was the part of him that was all business. Yeah. And, you know, they ran that shit pretty well and I, it was a shame to see them, you know, separated and then um put against each other towards the end, but you kinda knew it was coming. But um, I I liked her character and her, the role that she played and you know what she represented and she was just she had a, had a lot together she just was in a the she was with a bad sort and I'm glad she made that last play, um in the show and she came through in the end, although no not not nobody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, what's uh what's your number six? My number six, uh, jumping back again to Gundam X, that would be uh, Salah Tyrell, the yes, sir. Uh, first officer of the uh, Freedom. And, uh, you know, she's sort of that dependable female. You know, she, she uh, thinks quickly and she uh, stands up when Jamil's not around either when exactly. you know, he was injured earlier or later when he becomes a, a pilot again. And, you know, she sort of got that unrequited love for him. And then in the end, the epilogue, they sort of seem like they're together. So they, they got a happy ending out of it. And um, sort of that bright in her when, when Garrett was screwing up at the beginning of the show. And she uh, she oh, yeah. put some fear into him. So That's true. I could just, you just reminded me of that. <laughs> definitely. So definitely, I think she, she was one of the uh, good female characters from that show. All right. Right on. Okay, well, my number five would have to be going back to Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, 
would be uh, Cassilia Zabi. And once again, I base this on um, pretty much uh, the movies and and the book. Right. Um, you know, she was the only one. She was the only Zabi character that you actually kind of could, could kind of feel for. You know, she the, everybody else was a male. Yeah. She seemed like she was getting slighted, and she's towards the end of that end of end of the story. She kind of figured out what was really going on and what really needed to be done and that her brother Garen was doing the wrong thing. Oh, she so. did the ultimate move, too. Yeah, she, she did the ultimate point, move. Point yeah. blank. It was like, wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> so neither did, she, neither did she see coming what Char had for her. Oh, no exactly. <laughs> but it ran through her mind. But <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it ran through her mind. <laughs> but, um, no, she, you know, she was a cold and calculated woman, but... You know, she she was also she seemed very strong. She actually seemed like um, she was probably a better tactician and, and had a lot more insight of what was going on than you know half the uh, Garen boys there or Zabi boys. Zobby I'm sorry. Boys. Yeah. So that was my number five. What would be yours there, Solbro? My number five will happen. It actually happens to be Cusco Al from the Mobile Suit Gundam novels. Hmm. Um, she's probably it's not a character most people are familiar with, but um, she was a new type that uh, worked under Shar after the death of Lala Soon. And um, she ended up having a big impact on Amaro as well in, in the novels. And she was, you know, just a well-thought-out character and a very likable character and a very powerful new type. And I won't say what happens to her, but um, read the novels and you'll find out and, and get introduced to um, Cusco Al. She's, 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 she definitely belongs on my list. But what would your number five be? Uh, jumping again to the alternate universe, uh, my number five is Alan B. Beardsley from uh, G. Gundam. Yeah. Nice. And uh, one of the things that was appealing about her is that, um, you know, she sort of has a kind of a tragic background. She's got no family. You know, she's been yeah. raised in the military. Um, mm-hmm. She's forced to fight with this berserker system. And, uh, you know, she really latches on to uh, Domon because he's kind of the only person who really gets her. And she, she falls in love with him. But then, you know, there's that whole sort of love triangle with him and her and and rain so uh she kind of loses out there but she's still a very sympathetic character and you know just an enjoyable character to watch throughout that show whether she's you know fighting or just palling around with domon very true much better and she's go ahead and she's very freaky when she's in that berserker mode yeah she's much better than four i'll have to say and the other thing i'd have to i'd I'd put on her too is the fact that she actually um she actually knew when to quit at the end of that show when she knew she couldn't win out, and she just basically told him to go on. That's I thought true. that was like one of the most admirable things of any woman to do. So, but that that was I I, I definitely agree with uh, your pick there. But my number four, and this is actually a little bit different than all the other women I was talking about here, is uh, going to be Tifa Adil from Gundam Max. Tifa Adil, the um, supposed last new type, um, you know, kind of uh, Garud's uh, you know sidekick there, or you know. Love, love interest, slash. but um, the thing I liked about her was she was just. First off, they didn't have her fight. You know, she, they, you know, she didn't want to fight. She was just sweet to everybody. Um, she, you know, she was not. She didn't have a problem with um, what Jamil was trying to do for her, and she had right. no problem with what Garud was trying to do. And you know, and, and you, you just couldn't hate her, even when, even when she was around the enemies or you know whoever was trying to hurt her she was still kind of sweet and you know she's just a sweet girl i think that was probably the biggest thing which was kind of nice to see because usually you have a lot of um 
you know, a lot of whiny women in Gundam. Very so <laughs> she was far from it. She and men. And men, especially and, and, men. Oh, very much so. But um, what would be your number four, Sober? My number four is the wonderful Rain Mikamura, Mika Mikamura from G Gundam. She was just cool from start to finish. She was um always in Domon's corner, although sometimes Domon didn't deserve to have her in his corner. And um, yeah, that's she true. she was always there for him in the pinch. And in the end, she was well worth the fight in order to get her back. And um, even uh, even Allenby knew it. So um, I had to say, Rain is probably probably to me is the best girl Friday in the entire and in, in all the um in all the girl in all the Gundam series. I'd have to say, she was um she's not like some love interest that was introduced like halfway through or anything like that. She was there from the first episode. So that's my number four. And uh, surprisingly, my number four is also Rain <laughs> again. <laughs> so uh, it's funny how these things kind of. Parallel. Coincide, yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. So, you know, definitely my, my thought there for Domon, and, uh, you know, he's he's a big blockhead, so he didn't understand her feelings until the very end when he, you know, lost her, and then, then he finally got it, and then he lost her again. So, you know, she definitely was worth the fight, and uh, I think they had one of the best-developed romances uh, in Gundam ever. Yeah, exactly, if, if not the best. It brought about one of the best endings in um in any Gundam series, I'd have to say. One of the happier endings, I should say. But uh, I guess I would go to my number three. And now we're all in our top threes. Oh. My number three is pretty much, it seems like the, as as I can kind of think of, is the first real lady captain. Oh. Yeah, uh, Chris had Talias earlier, or Gladys earlier. And uh, my my number three is Maru Ramius from Gundam Seed. Oh man, the bounciest captain ever. The bounciest captain, and you know, so she she had fan service there. But um, now the other the thing I liked about her was she actually she didn't want to be the captain. She was kind of forced into it, and she kind of did everything by her heart and by her emotions. Rich, I think sometimes you know a lot of people it probably isn't a good thing in captains, but. You know, I think when it came to that story, it kind of worked out, and she didn't waver through the whole um, through the whole show. And I, I think that she actually had a general caring of all her crew, uh, even even more so than a lot of the um, a lot of the other captains. I think, you know, maybe tactician wise, she wasn't as strong as like Badger Rule yeah. in that aspect. But, but I think she, she developed. At least she had Moo. She had Moo. And she also, um, you know, she just had a general caring for everybody, and she just wanted to make sure everybody got out of there. And I, I think that's what I thought was nice. And it was nice to see kind of the lady captain with kind of feelings, you know, just not kind of a, you know, just no-nonsense type of woman. But True. But what would be your number three there? Oh, my m- number three is the sexiest MILF. Haman Crowley. Give it up. <laughs> Give it up. That's right. Do you know she's a MILF? Oh, she could be, but she probably isn't. <laughs> they probably didn't have time for all that. Well, they say Ron Baral is like 35, but he looked like he was 55. Ron Baral was too. <laughs> Space does things to you. Oh, my gosh. It certainly does. Ooh. They're too busy blowing things Cosmic up. Cosmic radiation. Something. <laughs> but I just think I, um, the both of them, Ron Baral and um, Haman, had a really good working relationship. Um, I mean, literally working relationship. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't catch a break. But um, I liked them a lot. I even liked them more in the novel. Um, like I said, another another vote for um, the Mobile Suit Gundam novel. If you can read it, please do. They they do wonders with these characters. And Haman, she just had style and um, grace, and she ma- had made an impression on on Amaro. 
which is another another character that did just like um Miss Matilda. But uh, that's all Matilda. going. Matilda, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Matilda, not as strong as Matilda, but you know, quite a strong one. And also, she killed off Ryu Jose. Ooh, <laughs> well, kind of Ryu, Ryu Ryu killed himself. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other subject. Yeah. But uh, Haman Crowley, that's for another episode. That's, that's my girl. You got it exactly. But go oh. ahead, Chris. My number three is uh, Emma Sheen from Zeta. Yes, sir. And uh, stands out for being the the first female Gundam pilot. So uh, a strong female character that uh, you know she was out on the front lines fighting, not just uh, you know on the ship crying and waiting for the uh, the Gundam pilot to come back. She was the pilot. <laughs> um, not at all. Even though she was uh, sort of like an adult figure for Camille, she. Mm-hmm. Sort of had some growing up to do herself. I remember this this one part early on where uh, she disobeyed Bright when they were doing that job road drop operation, and and yeah. he's like, "Hey, you yes. come up to the bridge later, and I'll correct you." <laughs> but you know what? They didn't show it. They didn't show it. I would have liked to have seen that, but um, oh, <laughs> definitely would have. You know, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know, she just had so many problems to deal with. You know, with Cots being stupid every week and stealing this uh, thing oh. or stealing that thing, and you know, goodness. The cot subjects for another time. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, deal with Henkin's, um, you know, awkward oh, advances. advances. Yeah. Oh, Henkin. That was my friend. The ol- Mr. Lumberjack. Mr. L- Mr. Narrator. The only, the only thing <laughs> is that um, she gets a little weird in episode 50, and it's like she just got hit with some, I don't know, like space madness or something, and it's like she kills Reko, and it's like, let me fly out of my mobile suit for no reason yeah. so that Yazan can... <laughs> Blow away the the palace Athene, and then I get hit with shrapnel and I die. Well, wasn't yeah. wasn't her suit damaged though? I thought that's it was her suit was damaged. Okay, yeah, but, but it wasn't she, it she, wasn't damaged to the point where it's gonna explode. Yeah, she, she jumped out of the out. cockpit for whatever reason, yeah. and then Yazan shot the palace Athene, and the shrapnel hit her. Yeah, so that was a little weird. But yeah. <laughs> damn you, Tomino, damn <laughs> yeah. you. So moving on to my number two would be. Uh, a machine, oh, and you know, pretty much most of the stuff that Chris has already talked about. Um, you know, she was a strong character. I think you know she she worked well with the other characters, and up until probably the last part there, um, you know, just getting out of um, getting out of her suit. But I will have to say, the she redeems herself by the whole speech that she gives to Camille as she's dying. Yeah, that's true. I still think that that might be that was quite the one of the most talk. selfless like acts of Gundam, but. I'd have to say that'd be my number two. What about you? Uh? My number two is another Haman. Haman Karn. Oh, my <laughs> God. This broad. Oh, I love this chick. She is so... She To me, she's probably the most unique anti, um, anti-hero. An, anti-hero of all the Gundam series, female-wise. And um, she's just she's a very complicated character. Um, I, I I like the fact that you know she has you know very strong reasons to do what she does, you know to to want to have Zeon succeed, and you know she she probably is one of the purest of Zeon leaders. She wants Zeon to succeed mainly for the fact that she wants you know new types to be you know on the top of the food chain instead of always being used by um as weapons for mankind. And I I I, I love I love Haman for that. I love how she carries herself Mo- even more so in Double Z. Um, she just really hit her stride in there for the most, uh, except for the the times where she was completely punked by my man, um, Judo Ashta. But um, <laughs> other than that, she she was she was a very uh, she she carried and made an impression on me, and I I I forever love her for it. But Chris, what was your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, not one that most people talk about often, uh, Marbet Fingerhat from Victory Gundam. I I definitely think that she's 
she's more than more than worth mentioning. I think she was an awesome character too. She was. Um, you know, she sort of had this. She's sort of like a, a stand-in mother for Uso since his real mother was off running around developing Gundams, and she genuinely <laughs> she genuinely cared for him, and she really did feel concerned about basically how horrible they were for forcing a child to fight and depending on a child to fight for them and um, exactly. there's just this really great relationship between them throughout the entire series and you know she genuinely cares for Uso and is probably one of the only females in that show who isn't trying to like you know just feel him up and <laughs> or kill, or kill him. him Yeah. and yeah. Um, you know then she's got of course her, her tragic romance with um, Oliver and then the whole thing where they're oh. new type baby <laughs> at the end and all that, all yeah, that weirdness. Yeah. But I think she overall was a very well done character, and uh, you know, a good positive character in a series that's filled with all sorts of you know negativity and um, just a pretty dark series. Oh, very true. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I I concur. Well, it brings <laughs> us to our number ones, and my number one is actually something that was uh, someone that was um, mentioned earlier. It was Herman Khan from Zeta oh, yes. Gundam, and. The reason why I like her more than anything is because she reminds me of a few women I've dated. They love you to the end until you make one dumb mistake and then they want to pretty much uh, just kill you. And they pretty much give you the ultimatum, you're mine or you're not with anyone. So, But no, other than that, I mean, she was just a very strong character. She, you know, she... Uh, like Solbro said, she she was the only probably true real Zeon that was left. Uh, she was looking out for any of the new types, and I, I think that really kind of came through in Double Zeta, where Very much she so. she looked like she was just looking out for new types more or less than just people of Zeon. So I, that, I don't blame her. The way they treated new types, I, it, it, she had like the best um the best platform for them. Everybody yeah. else was way too wishy washy, including Shar until um Shar's counterattack. <laughs> but, but um. But what would be your number one there, Silver? Oh, my number one. Uh, you guys know, it's Emma Sheen. <laughs> oh man. Yep. I, I always um always always remember her in the in the Titans outfit. I'm I'm getting perverted. I'm sorry, but um <laughs> no um Emma was really cool. I like the turn she made at the beginning of the show. Not to not to go into too much detail because we talked about her enough. But um I like the the role she played. She was the the big sister to Camille. Um she was also you know sexually appealing. I I fell from a man um a man Henkin. Who tried? Because if I was him, I tried to. <laughs> but um, when she died, that was the hard, one of the hardest deaths that I had to endure in that show. Yeah. Because I didn't see that coming. I didn't want to see her die. I thought she would make it. All the joy you got from seeing Kotz die, oh, and oh, then seeing her die, robbed. it sucked all the joy out that I had when I saw Kotz yep. die. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was wondering the same thing. Why the heck did she get out that suit? Didn't yeah. make any sense to me. Yeah, Tamino. But um, what was a space madness? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, space madness. <laughs> Has to be. Yeah. Uh, and finally, my number one, another one that most people might not really think of, uh, Diana Sorrell from Turn A Gundam. Ooh. I I, I got to give you I got to give you props for that because I yeah. didn't I didn't even think of her, but um yeah that's a really good pick. Yeah, I understand. And basically, it's you know, she. She's sort of thrust into this untenable position because, you know, the the moon race, they obviously can't live on the moon because it's it's too small for them. Yeah. And uh, obviously the politics with Earth don't work out, and she's sort of split because there's all these factions of the moon race. Some, they want to make peace with, you know, 
earth people and others that you know want to take it by force. Want to take it by force, and uh, it's you know she has a big problem you know controlling that, but but she tries, and um, you know you see sort of her human side a lot when she switches places yeah. with uh, Kiel, and and she's just there hanging yeah. out with with Laurent, and um, you know there's this one episode where she's just doing stuff like doing laundry and and helping out as a nurse and it just goes so far to the character but then on top of that you know she sort of got this tragic sadness to her um when they reveal like that her past you know before she went into uh cryogenic stasis and she had that romance with uh will game and then um, you know that sort of those thoughts are rekindled when she sees his grandson who then gets uh you know blown away uh very nastily and sort of evoking (laughs) the good old days of zeta like creeping inside that cockpit. Yeah, that was a uh, that ending was powerful. That episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how come he's not responding? Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He got ha- he got hamburgered like Bernie from from Double O Eighty. On my medium rare. Oh. But, um, subject oh. for another episode right there. Man. I would just have to say though, just an honorable mention for my Top Gun win would have to be Mirai Yashima. Oh, oh, oh. Just for putting up for Bright. With bright stuff for twenty something years, <laughs> he was the most absentee father I've ever seen. So that would be my honorable mention. Oh, but um, on that, quickly, uh, what would be some of the? Let's just do top five worst characters of Gundam, starting off with number five. Oh, you mean female wise? Female wise, of course. Oh. I, I would have to say my number five would be Rosemia Badam. Oh. Oh God! I'm gonna see where you're coming from with this. Brother, 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 <laughs> brother. <laughs> Made no sense, um, you know, and you know, it just confused the whole thing of new types. If you're able to go into somebody's soul and see something, why couldn't he see it? So, and yeah. and, and where did he have space madness, thinking that he had a sister now? That's like so. the that's like the Gato loophole in um Double O Eighty Three. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what, what would be your number five, real quick? Uh, oh man, you know my number. Man, you know what it well, is. Well, I don't know what it is. Tell the people. Dorothy Catalonia. <laughs> she had eyebrows bigger than Ken Masters. Come on now. Come on. She was just, oh, every time I saw her on the screen, she irked the crap out of me, man. <laughs> I, I don't think she added anything to the story, but but agony for me anyway. I yeah. just, uh, She's in Gundam Wing, for those who don't know. And she showed up halfway through the show and just completely, I don't know, every time I saw her on the screen, she did nothing to advance the story. She was yeah, like more, more so commentary on what was going on. And I don't think we needed any more commentary in that show, especially we had everybody yelling pacifism every five seconds oh, in that God. show. Pacifism, pacifism, <laughs> pacifism. I, all right, all right. I, th- I, I think I know how to spell pacifism backwards by this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, but Dorothy Catalonia, yeah, C- Catalonia, she goes in my top five as worst gun in the world. number five. Okay. Chris? My number five also comes with an asterisk, and that is uh, Kagali Yula Atha in Destiny. Oh. Destiny. Yeah. I is in uh in Siege she was she could be annoying but she uh was very strong-willed and you know she fought for what she believed in and she cared about her friends and you know she had a reason to fight and then in Destiny she's just this total spineless wimp oh, and man. I think living with Kira for two years you know in between Seed and Destiny <laughs> all of his worst qualities just rubbed off on her yes. because she was every she became everything that he was at the beginning of, of Seed yeah. just sitting there in, in the strike crying and whining and not doing anything 
<laughs> and the only time in Destiny that she actually did anything of note was, you know, she jumped into the Akatsuki and she was blowing grunts away, and then when they arrested Yuna and she just decked him. Yes. Yeah. That was that was great. That was her highest point. That, <laughs> that in, was her highest point. That and letting uh, Atherin go, I thought at the end that was kind of good too, where really? she kind of realized. Well, that's I I don't agree with that. That, um, that, that completely. The other thing I didn't like was. You know, in Seed, her and Athen, they had a pretty well-developed relationship. Yeah. And you see how they go from being enemies to, you know, sort of comrades, and then, you know, they kind of fall in love there. And then in Destiny, it's like, are they or aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're like the most uncoupled couple, couple there is. <laughs> yeah. And then you throw uh, Mayrin Hawk into the picture, and it just gets even weirder. Yeah. And it's like, is Kagali giving him up to Mayrin? And then you got the epilogue in Final Plus, where you got... All these couples, you got Kira and Lacus, and then you got Shin and Luna Maria, and then Atherin shows up with Mayrin, and it's like, well, what's up with Kagali? Is she just, like, totally in the background now, just tossed away like garbage? I mean, so that, the, for all those She's dating reasons, the engineer you know, her- from C- on the Archangel. That's who she's dating now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forget what that guy's name was. <laughs> the scruffy dude. Murdoch? Murdoch, Murdoch yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> So for for destroying that relationship that she had with Atherin and then the way they just destroyed her character, she definitely is. That's yeah. my number five for the way they totally ruined her. Ouch. Well, my my number four female, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of crap for this one, would be Lala soon, oh. just because she showed how manipulative and how evil women can be. I, what? Because <laughs> even in death, she haunted Char and Armro yeah. and used them to her bidding. And that's all I'm going to say there. Oh. What's your number four? Oh, man, I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> all right, my number four <laughs> is Stella Luise. Luise? Luzier. Luzier, thank you. Luzier. Yeah. Um, from Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, I, I, she was a retarded version of... Um, <laughs> Of Flay, <laughs> she was a retarded version of Flay. She served the same purpose <laughs> with a different character. I play by the same voice actress. On top of that, oh, oh, exactly. Really? I mean, in, in the Japanese version, yet another poor man's four. Murasami. It was also uh, a badger <laughs> role, so another another thing there for yeah, Soul Bro. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. I forgot that they, they did that double role. I wonder how she that went. All, she did all three. Wow, that's <laughs> insane. But um, yeah, it was it was really trippy to um. To, to watch her die in Berlin and um, I smiled but that's when the show took a dive uh, she died like Eris uh, what's her face <laughs> oh from God, Final, Fantasy Final Fantasy 7 Fantasy. she died like 4 as well let's not bring <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 into this podcast I'm just Please. saying I, I, when I saw that I was like oh God <laughs> where's Cloud but yeah but, uh, that, that is my number 4 and uh, Neo Oh, actually, it'd be Chris. who's number four. Oh yeah, Chris. Uh, sorry. Uh, what? I can't oh yeah, Chris. Please, please do. I am an idiot. My my number four, uh, Lupe Sino from Victory Gundam. Oh, uh, hold on, is that the chick that took the bath with Uso? Yes. That's okay. what I was thinking, man. That's all I needed to know. That chick was twisted. She's just totally insane. I mean, um, <laughs> the beginning. It's like they show her like hanging out at this bar in Casarelia, and she's like, get some information, and then she shoots everybody inside the bar. Yeah. And, you know, then that whole thing in space where she wants to interrogate Uso by, you know, getting getting naked in a bathtub with him and shoving his yeah. face between her, her large breasts, which <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of interrogation that is. It's probably better than waterboarding, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different, different kind of water. Definitely. But, uh, you know, and then she just goes crazier and crazier until the end when um, – you know, she's just going mad, and she rams into that guy, uh, Pippinaden, and, and blows him up in his mobile armor before the guy even gets to launch, and then they just die yeah. together. I'm like, what the hell? was This woman was just crazy. 
Yeah, she's she just w- crazy to to the extreme. I don't know what the heck Tamina was thinking with that character. Yeah, he didn't he didn't know what to do. He clearly didn't know what to do with that character. <laughs> I, th- I think I think his meds were too strong at that point. Ouch. <laughs> Maybe. But um, that would bring us to number three, real quick. And mine is uh, Relina Peacecraft from oh. Gundam Wing. And all I gotta say is hero. Hero! Hero! That is enough right there. That, that, that. I'm waiting for you, hero. Come here and kill me. Yeah, I I mean, there's just too much to to go into that character, but, um, that that would be the big thing. Also, how a girl that is just a, you know, high school, she's like, high school kid, next thing you know, the whole world is like loving her and, 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 and thinking she's wonderful as being, what was it, Queen Relina? Come on, I, please. Yeah, I, I didn't get that um that that boost in um social rank. I I, I wish Hero would have followed through and just killed her like he asked it like he told her he was going to in the second episode. So, but uh, no comment on on Relina Peacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Soul bro, number uh, three. I stand down. Um, my number three is Mary Bell Gadget from Turn A Gundam. I. I don't know. I wasn't feeling her at all. She you was mean Harley like, Quinn? Harley Quinn, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hey Mr. J <laughs> Or in this case, Mr. G. Jim was <laughs> Mr. G. Jim was a badass. But Mary Bell, she was just a bit off her rocker and the fact that she survived to end up with um everybody's favorite homosexual, um, my man um Oh Jim. No, um Gwen Linford, yeah. Gwen Gwen Langford. Was it? Gwen Langford. Gwen Langford, thank you. Um, to end up with him, that, they just made an odd pairing. That just didn't make any sense to me. But oh, <laughs> on the ocean, on the ocean, on a sailboat, <laughs> on a sailboat, on a nice boat. Yes, exactly. It just, I, I don't know. She was just weird and twisted, and um, every time she was in the episode, she just irked the, shit, the, the stuff out of me. But um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what would be your number three there, Chris? Uh, number three, uh, another. Weird character, Chara Soon from Gundam oh, CZ. I loved her, man. But, 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 like, she's. <laughs> you, you would go WTF, though, in the first part of that show. I would have to say well, that. First of all, the, the, that 80s hairdo she has, she looks like she belongs in, in Gem or something. Hey, man, <laughs> that's a plus. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, she's or, or the just misfits. Ridiculously <laughs> insane, an utterly useless character, and. <laughs> You know, she's just like ripping her uniform open in yeah. in space, and like you know, just showing off her boobs to everybody. And I had no you know, then there. even later on, she's just even crazier when they make her an artificial new type, and she's just—I don't know—it's like she was just a waste of time. She must have—I don't see anything to like about. She her. must have been based on Charo because it seemed like every time she came up, it was like a coochie coochie thing. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, she would introduce herself to a man and just put her put his head between her boobs. <laughs> especially, especially my man Judo. Again, <laughs> but um, my, go ahead. My number two, quickly, would be uh, Luna Maria Hawk from oh, Destiny. You hate her so. Oh, much. what did she ever do to you? Well, first off, she was in a red Zaku, and she mis- she besmirched <laughs> it by being the worst pilot I've ever seen. They should have taken away. Hey, she had to fight. She had to fight a spate, uh, a Gundam dog in space. Char never had to deal with that sort of embarrassment, <laughs> and she did pretty well doing that. That is kind of true. Give her that much credit. But she is the only. She is the only character that I know of that got upgraded to a Gundam and actually became a worse pilot. So, um, and well, the thing is, you, you, she didn't have much skills to go on of her own because <laughs> once she upgraded to Impulse, all of her fight scenes were just recycled footage from Shin. Oh, man. You were or you right thought though. she'd be a little bit better then, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she just she just didn't bring too much to it. I, I She just really 
irritated me the whole time because even, even when Moo upgraded to the strike, he was still holding his own. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's the possible possible. That's right. He was, <laughs> or is, or was. Who knows? Oh man, is he is. dead? Is he alive? Or who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but um, what would be your number two there, uh, Silver? Well, um, I know you guys won't agree with this, but my number two is Nina Purpleton from Mobile Suit Gundam 00, yeah. uh, 0083, sorry. And, um, yeah, she shot my man Cole, and um, <laughs> I don't know where that storyline came from, where um, her and um, Gato were attached, but I, I, I'm sure we'll get into that later on. But um, Nina Purpleton, I couldn't stand her. <laughs> she may co eat her his carrots though. Oh yeah, well you know what? That was like the only bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so his eyesight was better as a pilot. Yep. But, Chris, um, what would number two would be? Number two, uh Flay Ulster from Seed. See, I'd have to disagree on this one. Oh, oh man. <laughs> See Well here's the thing. For I, almost the in, for almost the entire show, she's just this useless, you know self serving self serving racist bitch pretty much. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. When she gets, um, you know, uh, locked up with uh, Raul LaCruce and she's stuck with him, she starts to become a little bit redeemable. And then by the end, you know, she, she wanted to talk to Kira and apologize and say all this stuff. So, you know, I kind of did feel sorry for her when she actually did get killed by Cruce, which was a great death. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kira just stupidly flies to her. He's so happy when he blocks that one shot. <laughs> and then he doesn't do anything. And then the other shot comes in, and he's just like, uh. <laughs> well, buddy, it's, what did you, th middle of a war. Yeah. And he just did that. So, um, you know, she she kind of did have a redemption at the end. But, you know, up until close to the end of the show, she was just so thoroughly unlikable that the redemption can't fully redeem all of her annoyances. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of true. You raise a point. Yeah. <laughs> and now the, the, the number one worst for everyone, so, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nina Purpleton. Um, I, I might as well let you two talk. Because uh, <laughs> mine's someone completely different. But <laughs> Well, I mean, like, like Silbera said, she shot the man she supposedly loved. She... I don't know. I mean, she just brought nothing to the whole table. I don't even know why he even cared about her in the in any way, shape, or form besides just getting good mobile suit maintenance. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing I'd be nice to her for. <laughs> she brought nothing redeemable to it. She gives good maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then, and then, you know, just the whole thing at the end with her and Gato, I mean... I don't know why those two guys just didn't look at each other and throw her out the airlock without a helmet on because that's what I would have done. But, um, yeah. Chris, uh, I, I know it's your number one, too. Any any final thoughts on that one? Oh, she's just such an unlikable character. Uh, I'm sure uh. you guys have seen the, the character type of the, the Sundare that, you know, seems kind of bitchy but has a gentle side. She's yeah. the, she's the personification of the opposite, the, the Yandere. She seems yeah. nice, but then once you go inside and and you know you you get to know more of her she's just such a total bitch with her mood swings and her jealousy uh, and god she's just you know you you take ko who's such a weak-willed milk toast of a protagonist you match him the, the worst pilot ever you match him with her and it's just like oh my god why and then you have guys on the side like muncha it's like oh my god what is with this show and these characters she, but she is just the worst of the worst and then Again, the thing is, you know, she shoots Ko at the end, 
Yes. And yeah. then right after that, there's the happy epilogue uh. where Cole's reunited with her after spending a few months in jail. <laughs> it's like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, the love song playing in the background. It's like, why is this a happy ending? Yeah, I didn't. She's I didn't, horrible. She's a horrible, horrible that. character. Yeah, what they didn't show was Cole slapping the taste out of her mouth when the, <laughs> when the credits rolled. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but, um, you're, man. you're, yeah, what would be My, your number one quickly? Come on, guys, man. You know the number one terrible woman in Gundam is Quest Baraya from Shara's Counterattack. See, I can't hate on she her. She was horrible. Come on, man. She was the worst. I, uh, I have a soft que- side for Psycho Chicks. Quest Air? Quest Air? Oh, my God. I, uh, Shara, you couldn't have picked the worst, a worse female. I, I just, I, I couldn't get it. And then, and, and, and we didn't mention her earlier, but what was the name of Amaro's woman in that, in that movie? Chan. Chan. Exactly. Her, her involvement brought about the death of Chan because stupid retarded Hathaway had to get so upset that Chan did the world a, a favor by blowing <laughs> Quest out the skies that he was going to kill Chan. It's like, no, no way. Her legacy lives on through Hathaway. I, I, I'm so glad for Hathaway's Flash and his ultimate outcome because, man. <laughs> well, but here's the thing about Hathaway's Flash. That takes place in the continuity of one of the novels. Uh-huh where uh, Chan didn't exist because it was Beltor Chica, so he right. didn't kill right. Chan, so he was hailed as a hero after Char's counterattack, so continuity. So he's oh, not wow. he's not, you know, a twerp in Hathaway's Flash, so <laughs> you gotta keep our universe <laughs> separate. But I I definitely need Quest, the reason she's not on my top five worst women you only have to deal with her for two hours. Yes. Yeah. 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 You raise a good point. Everybody else, everybody else on my list, you're stuck with them for at least thirteen to fifty episodes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Definitely. Same here. You raise a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she made that strong of an impression on me. I have to say. <laughs> I have to say. But uh, yeah, that concludes our whole uh, top top ten women and uh, a surprise thing of our worst five women of Gundam. I'm sure everybody's going to uh, have their, you know, have their differences with some of our selections, and we definitely want to hear that. So if there's any things that you guys can chime on about, please let us know, and we'll be back in a little bit. This gun Damn. does things that an old-fashioned gun Damn. could never do, and man, is it ever built. Your gun Damn. comes to you loaded. You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. Next time on Flip the Script. This is Sobro Ryu, and you're listening to the show with more finesse than Ray Fiennes. Damn. <laughs> that's a lot of finesse right there. That's right. That's, that's tight. Yeah, no. I swear I- to God, you spend hours every <laughs> night... <laughs> Writing these cheesy ass lines, <laughs> just thinking that shit up. He's like, "That's podcast gold." Hey man, you gotta have that some, is you gotta have a tagline that works. And, 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 and then, and then, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about bringing more heat than Pat Riley? Yes, that's what, yes. I'm, talking <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Here you go. And all I say, this is show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clever. Next time on Flip the Script, you got a problem with that? No, sir. Thank you, sir. Good. Flip the script. Call me sir, goddammit! Hey everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. For this segment, we're going to be talking about Gundam video games. There's a zillion of them. A lot of them are bad. 
Some of them are good. We're going to pick out some of our personal favorites. Uh, so to kick off this segment, I'm going to highlight a game that I always like to talk about to no end to people, and that is the 1999 game Gundam Side Story 0079 Rise from the Ashes for the fantastic Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Rest yes. in peace. It still lives in my house. <laughs> it's so, it still does in mine, too. A um, little bit of background on this game when it came out. The game came out at pretty much the worst possible time. It was, you know, back when the Dreamcast was still a viable system, and it was came out pretty soon after its Japanese release. Unfortunately, Bandai decided to release it here when Wing was on the air. Yeah. Here on Cartoon Network. So you had I saw loads of people saying, What is what's this Xeon stuff and this Federation and where's <laughs> Hero and where how come there's no Gundams and what are these GM things? And <laughs> they really picked the worst possible time to release that game. They did. I don't know why they thought that, you know, releasing a game that had Gundam in it that was about a Universal Century side story would appeal to people who didn't know anything about that and knew only about Wing and thought that Wing was all there was. <laughs> well, I have a question about that um, that series in general. There was, um, if I recall, there was also um, versions of that game or that seri- stories of that series on the Sega Saturn import in Japan as well. Did, did it connect to this one? It was a similar type of game. Uh, that's Blue Destiny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a similar MS simulator. but um, And from what I've seen, it looks like it plays pretty similar. But they did not have related stories. And, of course, the Blue Destiny manga was released here at around the same time in uh, Tokyo Pop. Back Very then true. it was called Mix Manga. Mix. Yeah. Way back in those days. Um, but otherwise, there were, there were no connections. I and mean, the gameplay was somewhat similar, but the games were totally separate. So and and of course those Saturn games never came out here, so you had to import them with a you know play them on a modded Saturn, Japanese Saturn. But uh, a little oh. bit of background on on Rise from the Ashes. Um, it's which of course was devastated during Operation British in the original Gundam series. And uh, you don't use a Gundam, right. you know, you're just uh, a guy named Master P. Rayer, Master Prayer, Master <laughs> Player. You know, funny English, those funny Japanese. <laughs> And uh, you lead a mobile suit mm-hmm. team, kind of like, you know, Shiramata and 8th MS team, but you're in Australia. And you've got your two, okay. you know, backup mobile suit pilots, and you've got a radar officer in a hover truck, just exactly like 8th MS team. So you go throughout, yeah, you go throughout all these different missions, and um, it's from the perspective of you're in the cockpit of the GM. And you're just using the plain old GM from the original series, which I like. You know, it's not some fan they created for the game. It's just the plain old GM. And um, mm, That's about as real as the experience can get. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And it's realistic because, you know, you can run out of ammo. You can use boost, but it can overheat. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, machine guns do quite a bit of damage to you, and beams will pretty much just, you know, screw you up. So there's all sorts of missions, um, you know, fighting against Zeon, recapturing territory, and there's sort of this continuing rivalry with uh, this ace pilot, uh, Vish Donahue, right. who I forget what his you know nickname is now. It's Blue Brother. Um, and there's this continuing storyline involving uh, biological weapon that the uh, Zeon are are developing. So you got this great storyline. You got a lot of inter chatter between the the characters and a really good English dub because you've got pretty much all of the voice actors from Cowboy Bebop the English dub wow. voicing characters in uh, Rise from the Ashes <laughs> uh, the 
radar officer is played by Wendy Lee, Wendy Lee. Faye Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other guys, I think his name was Johnny, who always has some weird thing to say, was played by uh, David Lucas oh. slash Steve Blum, a.k.a. Spike Spiegel. Spike, Spike Slurpee. Spike Slurpee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your checks cashed at 7-Eleven. Exactly. And that, and that was just some free advertising. There, yes. So. <laughs> um, and then one of the other characters is played by Sparky Thornton, who actually was Annabelle Gatto in the dub of 0083. Yes, he nice. was. He's also Brandon Heat on Gungrave, y'all. <laughs> but who saw so, that? <laughs> so you got some great gameplay, all sorts of different missions, uh, missions at night, uh, missions where you're attacking a Xeon fortress, mission where you're in a city that's been captured by the Xeon, and then you got this final confrontation is uh, right at the end of the war. Literally, the war technically has already ended, but the fighting is still going on, and the Xeon are evacuating into space in HLVs, so you're going through this HLV base trying to shoot down these HLVs before they take off. Right. Which I guess is kind of cowardly, but uh, <laughs> that's that's the mission. And uh, you have to fight Vish Donahue, who's in this ground-type Gelgoog. Right. And you're fighting him with the GM Sniper 2 from 0080. But the guy is freaking hard to fight because he's got a beam rifle. And though you have the most powerful GM variant of the one-year war... Guy's got a beam rifle. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> so you got to fight him off, and then at about the same time, there's this giant tank called the rhinoceros. Oh man! And uh, it's a real pain to fight, especially uh, because its armaments are determined by um, what you do in the game. If you stop a train shipment earlier in the game, the rhinoceros just has standard weapons. But uh, if you don't, it has this giant beam cannon called the burst liner from uh, MSX side series. And it will just devastate you. So definitely fantastic game. Oh wow, that's pretty. I've, cool. Yeah, highly recommend it if you can dig it up on a Dreamcast. It should be worth nothing now. Uh, I've I've heard a lot about actually that game. I know it's got a huge following, but the game I would kind of pick and it be just real quick is um, it's actually I call it like uh, Federation versus the point. 2.0 is uh, Gundam vs. Ada Gundam. Yes, sir. And I liked it because it's basically the, you know, it's basically Federation vs. Zeon, if anybody's ever played that game, but mm-hmm. it includes the whole Zeta Gundam kind of universe. And what was kind of nice is all the kind of what-if scenarios you had in that, like what if uh, Armor Array became a Titan, yeah. Uh, yeah. and nothing's cooler than <laughs> being a Titan in the black Zeta Gundam <laughs> and uh, killing, killing Camille. Killing and killing, killing Fa <laughs> on different things. So I mean that that was always kind of cool. And, and the whole what ifs, like if uh, Lala soon died or she lived, if Garma la- stayed alive. Exactly. Or even Rambaral stayed alive. You exactly. Know, you through every character from one year war into the grips war. And the cool thing too, with some really funky dialogue. Yes. <laughs> there, there's this one. Uh, you know, when, when you're playing as Amro as a Titan, and you're in that final battle with Camille. And Camille's like, it's because of you that war goes on. And Amro just lamely says, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Camille says something like, I remember like, that, yeah. Like, die! That and, that oh. and when it, all the time she had to fight um, Shirako. Because Shirako had crazy, he had crazy lines in it, too. Oh, Shirako. Because you would ask, you know, especially if you fought him as Camille, it would be like, you know, you're the one that's keeping everybody from fighting and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, well, well what do you want me to do? <laughs> but um, no, it was a great game. The mechanics were nice. Um, you know, the, uh, once again, it had those realistic, uh, um, you know, aspects to it. Running out of running out of energy, running out of uh, ammo. If you had like a machine gun, 
Um, over overusing the verniers. And over using the verniers, not just sitting there and being transformed as a Zeta Gundam the whole time. Right. Uh, you know, just to, you know, you know, take care of stuff. But um no, that was definitely a great game. Um I I like that they, you know, span the two the two shows and um, you know, I I don't know how well it was received here. I'm sure it was received like all the other Gundam games with just kind of like, ugh, put it in the bargain bin. But um, that's okay because I found it very cheap. But, um, no, I definitely would say that would be a game for people to check out. So. I own it. I own it. I own it too. So do I. I own both. But um, what would be one you'd have to say there, well, it's Solbro? A game. I, it's a game I can safely say none of us have played. <laughs> but if we had the chance to, we definitely would. In Japan, there's a, uh arcade game of Gundam called Bonds of the Battlefield. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, this is the one-year war. And you get to pick either being on the Xeon side or the Federation side. And you ever played those arcade games where you can buy a card that saves your um, data if you're like, like Maximum Tune is a racing game in the arcade. Right. You, you save your progress on a, on a little regular card which saves it magnetically and you put it in. Same thing for this game as well. You can pick a mobile suit. Um, you pick a side and you pick a mobile suit and you save it on there. You put your name on it. It's yours. And when you sit inside these pods in the arcade, um, they have a 180-degree panoramic screen in front of you. So you get to see everything. It's like the inside of a mobile suit cockpit. And it's very responsive. The controls are, are dreamlike. You have two pedals. You've got two handle handle grips as well. And um, it's, 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 it's really amazing. If you can go to YouTube and look up the game, you'll find lots of video of people recording themselves playing it. I, I, I heard right now the beast of a suit in that game is Gun Tank. Of all suits, oh, the greatest, greatest mobile suit ever. Uh, greatest mobile suit ever. You can shoot down, you can shoot down all sorts of aircraft with it, and battleships as well. So um, keep that in mind if you play the game. But um, it is amazing, and it's as close to the actual piloting a mobile suit experience that you'll get right now in Japan. And the best thing about the game is that you can actually, the game is actually networked throughout all the arcades in Japan. So wow. if you if you go into arcade in the rare moment when no one else is playing the game in your particular arcade. You, you log into the machine as usual by putting your card in, you, you put your credit in. You can find networks throughout all of Japan that are playing this game and other arcades there. And you can play with the eight people at the same time, and each each pod has a headset in it, so you can actually physically speak to your other players. Wow. So if you actually speak Japanese, it would be a great asset to you. <laughs> but um, I would you, imagine. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not playing it, um, you can actually watch the action on a huge screen in the center of all four pods, which um deep uh, which um, displays the map where all the mobile suits are on fighting each other, and it just keeps um switching different views of what's going on, and it's very entertaining altogether. There's lines going around the block playing this game right now, and you have wow. to even place reservations to play it. But um, <laughs> mobile suit gun um bonds of the battlefield by Namco Bandai. Um, so it's basically it's basically afterburner, but now you're instead of an F-16, you're uh, you're inside of um. Any number of mobile suits. A gun tank. Including the Gundam or the Gale Google, whatever. Or gun tank. The suit of choice. The greatest suit of all time. <laughs> but, yeah, I want to play this game badly. But, anyway, that's my pick. All right. All right, and um, just wrap it up, I'd like to uh, thank the members on uh, the MHQ forums who suggested that we discuss uh, Gundam video games. And uh, you can suggest more topics and read more about uh, Gundam games. Just go to mhq.net, click forum, and uh, go to the games section, and we'll be right back. That's a proper cosmic smoke, gang. Yes, there's nothing old-fashioned about this gun. Damn. Hey, remember how this gun Damn. got the commander out of the jam not long ago? This is the
Includes the fourth episode of Gundam. This is your one of your hosts, Neo, uh, along with myself, uh, Soulbro Ryu, and our newest member, Chris from the MHQ forum or MHQ.net. Excuse me. Um, just quickly, we ran down our top ten uh, favorite women of Gundam, along with uh, the five women that we despise the most. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, we hit quickly on some of our favorite Gundam games, video games, that is, and I'm sure we'll be discussing that far into the future because uh, there's a, quite a few of them there, and oh, yeah. we were yeah, only able to get to one apiece. I haven't even touched Super Robot Wars yet, so trust me, <laughs> that's a segment all by itself. <laughs> but um, in episode five, uh, as earlier stated, Chris is going to be gone for a couple weeks, and... So it'll just be me and Soulbro, and we'll definitely be going over episodes 5, 6, and 7 of Mobile, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero. Oh, I can't wait. And if you can't catch the podcast, um, always check out the res- reviews on MHQ, because uh, Chris will definitely have his uh, thoughts of insight on the, dif- on the different episodes. So um, quickly, 
uh, what are some of, what's some of the contact information that these people can get in touch with us? Oh, of, of course. Um, you can check us out at the uh, MAHQ forums. That's at um, www.megatalk.net. Um, you can go there and uh, check out the Gundam forum as well as the other forums and register and make your opinions known on what we've spoken about in the show or if any things you want to hear in later episodes. Um, you can also check us out on, um, not only at mahq.net, but you can also find us at um, www.myspace.com slash Gundam the show. And add us as a friend if you're on MySpace. And um, our email address is Gundam, M-A-H-Q, at gmail.com. And hit us up there. And quickly, uh, just a closing thought on myself. Um, I, we, we appreciate all the feedback that we've been receiving, and we encourage more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, Chris, that you want to add or anything in closing you want just want to hit up real quick before we head out? Sure. I uh, just want to say that I'm uh, very happy to uh, be here with you guys uh, doing this. It's been great so far, and uh, it's a shame I won't be around no for problem. Episode 5, but uh, definitely look forward to episode six next month and uh get those ideas churning for um new episodes so definitely encourage people to give us their feedback uh let mm-hmm. us know how my first time out was uh how much i sucked or how great i was <laughs> maybe it was a little bit of both Man, you were great so uh you know just post all that that feedback on the forum and uh, just let us know what you think because we definitely value uh everybody's input especially um i just want to mention some names my man tuxedo mark of course vent zx um, and many of the other people who have fed back to us, Leroy Landers. Um, thank you very much for all the input. There was so many other names I haven't named off yet, but we'll save them for other shows. But thank you guys for giving us feedback and sending in the um, suggestions for subjects. There'll be another um, listener-suggested subject next episode as well. So um, stay right. tuned. Well, um, and once again, we thank everybody for getting back with us and being so bro encouraged with our new partnership with MHQ and Chris and all the people there. I'm so. Psyched. Uh, for myself, Solbro, and Chris, we will see you. Well, me and Solbro will see you in episode five. The three of us will be back in episode six. So from this point on, we'll bid you farewell and see you later. Peace. See ya. Come, let's see it. The school of the undefeated of the East. The winds of the king. Zenshin. Keiretsu. Tempa. Look, the east is burning red. Shinjuku Station and MAHQ Production. Whatever you say, chump!